The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, I think, Seren, the thing I could give you is just all the way along, all of us on, on that side of the football, uh, more consistent. That's what we need. So we've got... You know, we've got some good things that we're doing, putting up a lot of yards and so on. And uh, But getting into the end zone becomes important, not turning the ball over, the basic fundamentals. We've got to take care of that. And so it's my responsibility to get that done. And we'll, we'll, we're working on it. We'll try to get ourselves better this week. All right. Are, are, are we just – so are we just going to walk past – Whatever the hell that was Sunday, or or, or or do we have any passing thoughts? Are we do we just are we just gonna see walk our way through whatever happened there in Denver? Yeah, uh, I, don't, that... I don't need to talk about the Broncos for the rest of the entire NFL season. Yeah, they really lost. Yeah, they really lost that game. All right, so cheers to the idiotic game that the Chiefs played against the Broncos as they put up nine points. And then um, I proceeded to go one and two in the uh, softball playoffs later on that evening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my son was watching the game. I was second base trying to get signals and signs, and he's let me know. I dropped it. This guy just dropped it. He's wide open. Just dropped it. Waiting for me at the dugout. He's Can dropped- we just redact that man's name, by the way? We don't have to talk about him anymore in this show. Yep, your guys, Sky Moore. All right. Uh, big game this weekend for Sky as well. Um, as he travels to Germany, he gets to have all this fun to Germany. Sky Moore, he better relish all of this. His final season with the Chiefs. All right, <laughs> but it is. Come on, guys, I'm not kidding around. Um, all right, th- this is where I want to start, and, and I'm gonna get you your all thoughts on this. And I think this can go a lot of places because I think a lot of our listeners are listening to the best Chiefs podcast in the world. Um, I think a lot of them are listening to this and, and kind of wondering the same thing. Since we last talked, the trade deadline ended, right? It ended, uh, and there is no, there aren't any more moves unless something wild happens where someone's released or something. But there aren't any more moves. The, the Chiefs did not do much anything outside of adding McCole Hartman, right? Somebody already knew the system, um, somebody who returned punts and fumbled them at the same time. But they, but that is. That is the links of where they were going to try to add to this team. And I think my thought question is, and I'll throw it, is, is this team currently constructed? Do they have enough to achieve their goal, which is the Super Bowl? That's what this thing is about. 
That's why we're here right now. It ain't changing, Major. It ain't changing. Do they have enough to win the Super Bowl? Do they have enough to reach their goals of the Super Bowl? They do because they have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and right now the second best defense in the NFL by points against on average. So, like, if you have those things, you can win a Super Bowl. Now, their margin for error is incredibly thin. And I think that is where the concern comes in from Chiefs fans. And I have grown more skeptical of this receiver room by the week. I have grown more frustrated with the receiver room by the week. And I was somebody that was critical earlier in the week that they decided not to make a move. Now, it's hard for me to be overly critical, Ron, because basically no receivers were moved. And so we don't know what the asking price would have been. Like, were they going to have to give up a first round pick to go get somebody that improves the room? I don't know that that would have been worth it. But if you could have gone out there and got, you know, Hunter Renfro for a fifth round draft pick, that would have been a move that I would have signed off on. We just don't know. We, we don't know what those asking prices were because those Hunter guys Renfro? were never moved. I would, have, I would have been so happy if they would have gotten out of Renfro. This team needs somebody really? that is reliable. That's the problem for them. They've got guys that can get open deep or that can win with like explosive plays occasionally. They need a guy who, if Kelsey is covered on third and six, you know where he's going to be and you know he's going to catch the football when it's thrown to him. And right now, they don't have those guys in the receiver room. I like Rasheed Rice a lot. That's not where he's at right now. I think that eventually, maybe, possibly, hopefully, Sky Moore can be something for you, but he certainly is not that right now. And other than that, like MVS is not that guy. Kadarius Tony's not that guy. McCole certainly has never been that guy. You just don't have anybody that's reliable. So that is where I am legitimately concerned. But to answer your question directly, Ron, can they win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Do they have enough? Yeah. The margin for error is just incredibly thin. Sir, do they got enough to you? I think they have enough, even with the offensive woes, because like BK said, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, and I think the offensive line's good enough to get you there. And I think the offense can be functionally good enough. They just have to figure out how to be make it a smoother operation. I, I think that's the biggest issue, is that it doesn't feel like anything's coming easy offensively this season outside of a couple of big performances. The rest of it's been really frustrating to watch for the most part. And I think if they can just find a way to make it a, a little bit smoother of an operation, the defense is good enough to get you there. And I think that's the biggest difference maker for me this season is that they've never been able to lean on this defense the way that they can this season. And this defense has never been as talented as it is this year. And so I think the defense is good enough to help you overcome some of the offensive issues. The offense just has to be better and smoother than it is right now because there's too many penalties, there's too many turnovers, there's too many issues every single week. So if they can just get it to be a little bit more functional, then yes, I think this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl still. Yeah, I I think it's fairly easy that they are. Um, and I, I, think I, I think I have two kind of thoughts and reasons why one um i think we've got to look at the field too and see this chiefs team that we're looking at we're saying this about and there's even a wonder but is this the bills teams we've been seeing in the past are they as good is this the it, like if we're looking at the chiefs and the chiefs had that bills team that they 
that they had the 13 second game with well then i well hell i don't know like i like that that like that team but there's not a team that's walking through like that the Bengals who are starting to come come around they're not as good i mean they're not if you talk of them in cincinnati i'm sure they're they're looking at their team and thinking they're not to the level that we're used to them being i think we've got to look at the field and understand the field is different the field is not as good as it has been like the chiefs are having these issues but all of the other top teams in the AFC are, are having issues too. Like the team they're going to play Sunday. They they haven't been able to solve, you know, any team that may have a chance to go to the playoffs, right? Jacksonville. You look at Jacksonville, you like what they're doing. They're six and two, but like they're not a juggernaut. They're not like a great, great team. The Chiefs first, the field has come back like the Chiefs have come back. The other part, and I think I've learned this lesson from a uh, a beautiful young man by the name of uh, Brandon Kiley, and and uh, and that is even when I was in a space where I didn't want to see it, you know, it, this makes sense here. It they're just gonna do it different, and I think people are having a hard time understanding and feeling that i remember when they traded tyreek that was what brandon said they're gonna it's just gonna look different the offense is gonna it's just gonna look different i think it's hard because the whole team just is gonna look different they're still really really good they're just good in a different way they're good in a way where they don't have to score 40 hell they don't have to score 30 like they're like the way their defense is had is if you turn the ball over five times repeatedly, you turn the ball over, you do nothing, you screw them repeatedly, and they still just give up 24. And I mean screw them repeatedly, and they hold back, right? Like the defense is so good that this team, this team, and you said margin for error. No, the defense has changed their margin of error. Like they can score twenty. Like if they didn't, if they didn't turn the ball over Sunday five times, they could have beat. They could have beat the the Broncos scoring four, 16 points, seventeen points. They could, I mean, they could have. They could have beat the Broncos that way. That that margin of error has changed from what we've seen before. So you just have to look at the parts. Differently, we all know what you said. The three they have, those three first ballot Hall of Famers, and Andy, Pat, and Travis. But also, like I know Andy was like to hell with it, but the running game is a different beast than it has been. Well, that they're going to have to use if they want to use it. If they're if they're going to, but I just I'm just saying the overall point, BK is one for me. The field is different. It's not as good. We just saw the 49ers just go on a three-game losing streak to teams they shouldn't be going on a three-game losing streak to. All right. And then, I mean, it's just going to look different. They just look different right now the way they run offense. They're going to run their team's going to win. Yeah. You're 100, you're, the way they're going about it feels strange. It feels foreign. It, it's like watching a KU basketball team, Ron, that doesn't have any bigs. And you're Last like, year. I I don't understand. Like this, this isn't the way that KU plays basketball. We play high, low, and we have big men that we can go to, and they can get us a bucket whenever we need to. 
for us to be running through a bunch of guards doesn't feel right. It it feels wrong to you as a KU fan, or if they are terrible defensively and excellent offensively, it's like, man, yeah. I don't know that you can sustain this over the long haul because that's just not the way that your team has been built historically. That's how it feels as a Chiefs fan because the only thing we know with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback prior to last season is an offense that dominates and builds big leads with these explosive plays, and then the defense does just enough to be able to help you win. The Chiefs basically started their dynasty with the 2007 Patriots. Like they skipped all of the lead up and they just went straight to the 07 Pats. And we're like, oh, this is just what it's always going to be like. And there was no reason for us not to believe that because it's the only thing we had seen, man. And now they're into a different era. The Patriots didn't just continue to sustain what they did in 2007. That was a like very brief comment that went through the sky. And it's one of the greatest offenses that we've ever seen in the history of football. And it will always remain that. But after that, they had to build something new and they had to become something completely different. And so they did become more of a defensive-minded team again. They went with the two tight end sets with the killer and Rob Gronkowski. And it worked for them. And then they decided to become something new again when they brought in Julian Edelman. And it worked from the for them as, then as well. There's going to be multiple different iterations of what a Patrick Mahomes-led team looks like. And it's going to feel weird at the beginning of every start of that run. The thing that does concern me a bit, Ron, though, is... Like, I'm all in on this defense. I think this defense is really, really good, and I think it's going to help them win a lot of games. You still need offense, though, and you have to be consistently able to move the football. And one of the reasons why the Chiefs went to and won the Super Bowl last year was because they could lean on Isaiah Pacheco both in the running game and then also Pacheco plus Jarek McKinnon in the passing game. They, They leaned on their running backs a lot. I am growing frustrated that they're not doing that this year. You look back at what they did against the Broncos, and we said it last week. This is a perfect game to get the running game going again. Well, they had the running game going early in the season. They ran for 200 yards against the Jets. And then they've just completely deserted it ever since. Ran for 67 against the Vikings, 96 against the Broncos, 68 against the Chargers, 62 this week against the Broncos. They have to get the running game going. And my fear, Ron, is as much as we're talking about the new wide receivers – I don't know that we're talking enough about this new offensive line and their inability to consistently open up holes in the running game. If that doesn't change, then we are going to be talking about offense an offense this playoffs that doesn't have the receivers just as they did last year and might not have a running game that you can lean on the way that they did last postseason. And if you have neither of those two things, now you really are just Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And while that is awesome to have, it is not something that is necessarily sustainable for three straight weeks into the postseason to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the running game part, like last week, last week to me, that was just, that was, and I will chalk that up, like Andy just has these arrogant moments where he's like, ah, just, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to run the football. Like, to me, that wasn't on the offensive line. I think there's some legit questions on that, but that wasn't on the offensive line last week. I mean, hell, they got they they gave ten carries to to running backs last week. That 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 ain't on the offensive line. That is Andy saying to hell with it. And Isaiah Pacheco got five yards a carry, uh, in that in his eight carries that he got in a game of which the temperatures were 25 and dropping, and your quarterback was sick, and there were turnovers all over the place. They could have run the football like that to me is Andy. And I and I at least feel like 
that Andy has a track record with push comes to shove, he'll make the right, like he'll he'll make the right decisions. It won't just desert the run game when it really matters. And he and, and it ha- like in a game, I think he will. I, I trust that Andy will make the right call, and in games, won't just start running Pacheco eight times. Right, like I, this I is think, when it I, happened last year. Right, right around now is where they made the switch to Pacheco yeah. and became the guy for the rest of the season. So there's there's plenty of time to correct this. And yeah, like the, the Super the Super Bowl, Ron, is because like everything about this team is about the Super Bowl. It's not about hey, are they going to be yes. good in the regular season? But this is these are the things that have to change in order for them to get there. Like in the oh. Super Bowl, Andy was like, oh, okay, we gotta we gotta run the football. Like we got to run the football. We got to get like, I will like, I just like, he drives me insane, but Andy's going to have games where he's just like, "Ah, nah, but when it really matters, I think he'll, he'll do what is needed. Well, and and I think we talk about just trying to make things easier for the offense. Like I've mentioned it several times on the Arrowhead pride podcast network. Like, I get really frustrated because you watch a team like the Eagles and the Eagles like AJ Brown is having an insane season. But like, if you really watch the Eagles, Jalen hurts has been kind of inconsistent as a passer this season. And when they're having issues throwing the ball, they're just going to run it and they're just going to run all over you. But like, but you see it help get the offense in a rhythm and they'll just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And until you slow it down, then they'll play action deep shot to AJ Brown for a touchdown. Like, but you see it help take pressure off of the passing game. And Andy doesn't do that enough. Sometimes I understand it's Patrick Mahomes and you want Patrick Mahomes to throw the football, but also like we see them regularly take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands in critical situations. So like just lean on the run a little bit more and try to open things up offensively. Cause Isaiah Pacheco has shown that, like I, while I don't think he's like the number one running back in the NFL, he's a good player and you can lean on him. And if you give him enough touches, he can break off some long runs. Like just, just yeah. do that. And it'll make things easier. Yeah. But that, yeah, the Eagles deal, it's easier for them because their heart and soul and bread and butter is physicality and running the football. <laughs> that, that is, that is their heart and soul, their start. The Chiefs start is, and Andy in particular is throw that bitch, throw that thing. Throw that thing, Patrick Mahomes, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. So they're going to have to adjust. I, I believe they will adjust, and, and he will do it when it matters, when it matters. It's just frustrating because I just I, – you know how smart he is, and there's smart enough people over there, and how they got to the point where, like, at no point said, like they did in the Super Bowl. If they came out in the second half of the Super Bowl and just started giving the ball to Pacheco and running, like nobody thought, hey, let's start doing that. Nah, let's whip this thing. Let's so, whip this thing around. I do have one other concern, and it's that we're underestimating exactly what Juju Smith-Schuster did for the Chiefs last year. Um, I'm not here to sell you on the notion that he was this awesome wide receiver that came in and completely changed the trajectory of the offense. He, he wasn't, but what he did do really well is he was super efficient, man. And when he caught the ball, if it was first down, he's getting five yards. If it was second down, he was getting you six yards. If it was third down, he was getting past the, he was getting past the chains And that is not something you can count on this year from these wide receivers. If you look at success rate, which is basically what I just mentioned there in terms of like how many yards you're gaining, 
Last year, Juju Smith-Schuster was successful on 67% of his targets. This year, Rasheed Rice is at 56%. This year, Kadarius Toney is at 44%. Those are your top two wide receiver options in terms of their success rates on the season. You just don't have a guy that you can consistently go to to continue to move the chains. And if that guy doesn't emerge it means that during the regular season, you are far more likely to not have a record that is such that you will be able to avoid the wild card round. And if you are not able to avoid the wild card round, it means you don't get that extra week of rest for Travis Kelsey. It means you do add a little bit more uh, body banging in that first week of the playoffs. And it just becomes a much more difficult path where you're also probably going to have to go on the road at some point to be able to get to the Super Bowl. So There are some trickle-down effects of all of these things that we're talking about, of what it means for the regular season, what it means in some of these weeks, like against the Dolphins, against the Eagles, against the Bills, against the Bengals, against the Chargers. Those are really big, difficult games that remain on this year's schedule. And if you don't have somebody emerge as that go-to guy that can just consistently move the ball for you, you're probably going to be doomed to something less than the number one seed, which does matter at this point. I just refuse to believe that there's nobody out there that can do what Juju Smith-Schuster did. I don't know, man. And, uh, maybe not right now. I did, but at some point, I just can't believe that nobody can can replicate can can give you that. I, it's it's just Juju just had chemistry with Mahomes, and that's one of my biggest questions right now. I don't think any of the I we know none of these guys other than Travis Kelsey have chemistry with him right now. The question becomes, can somebody become that? They're placing a huge bet right now on Rasheed Rice being that guy, and. I think Rasheed Rice is more of like a Sammy Watkins than he is what you had with Juju Smith-Schuster. And that's not a guy that's consistently moving the chains. That's a guy that is three yards, three yards, 25 yards, three yards, three yards, 28 yards. That's that's the kind of player that he could be. And, and I think one, one of the biggest things too, like between Juju and what you have right now is that like Juju's a veteran wide receiver who's been around the league. And so like he knows those little things about being an NFL wide receiver, like you know, how, how to read the coverage and like when, when this DB has got this kind of leverage, like if you, if you break this way, like the ball's going to be right there. Like I, that's stuff that the chiefs wide receivers don't have figured out right now. And it's frustrating for Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes could put that ball in a spot where Juju knows to go there. Mm-hmm. And these other wide receivers aren't able to do that. And that's why we see all this miscommunication because Mahomes is putting it where he thinks they should go based on what he's seeing and they don't always do that. And that's why you see turnovers. That's why you see bad incompletions and inaccurate throws. Like all of it's connected. And I just think that we're these guys, they're just too young. They're just not seasoned enough. And hopefully you get that figured out as the season goes on because they don't have any other options right now. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right there on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay will be centered around the Chiefs and Dolphins' early morning kickoff in Frankfurt, Germany. That's 8.30 a.m. Arrowhead time. So make sure you're on the lookout on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page on Saturday afternoon. We will have all of the details right there for you ahead of this massive matchup in Germany between the Chiefs and Dolphins. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's let's uh, let's do it. We do this every week when the Chiefs have the ball. And I'm glad you, you the way you kind of finish that, sir, that just, it, it, it takes me to this to this space because I mean they're, they're gonna need to they're gonna need these guys to get into some sort of rhythm. <laughs> they're gonna need to, this uh there, there's gonna have, gonna have to be some kind of connection coming in Germany uh this this Sunday with the Chiefs and the and, and Mahomes and his receivers. And, and this is just I and, and I'm I, and I'm this is a legit conversation that I want to have because I am willing to listen because I feel like there are too many people that I respect and trust not to say that I don't ever disagree with them that at least make me want to to at least give it more of a thought because for me I have a hard time solely putting so much on the receivers when I just look at in particular Andy and Pat and I just don't think they have been nearly as productive and have been nearly as good as as they can be or anywhere close at times to the expectations that we have of them and what they do. Andy is the best coach in the NFL. Pat's the best player and quarterback in the NFL. And the majority of the time this year, those two have not operated in that. And now I have I have in my thought, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. I told you, and, and Serta, you'll love this analogy when I go baseball. Like for me, like I, I I've never been the guy that's like, hey, dang, Alex Rios just went 0 for 4 and grounded into two double plays and struck out, you know, two times with runners in scoring position. It seemed like he kept coming up with runners in scoring position. And Christian Cologne pitch hit with runners on second and third, and he struck out. Like, to look at that and then, oh, yeah, Eric Hosmer went one for four with an error and uh, and, and left guys on base all day. Or, or, or that Lorenzo Cain went 0 for four and couldn't get guys home. And, and Alex Gordon – like for me, it is hard for me to overjump the Gordons and the Hosmers and the and the Canes to look at the Rios and Cologne because I am somebody that has expectations of the great and the good players, and I feel different about the guys that I don't have as much expectation with. And I guess my thought is, do you think that I am undervaluing how much the struggles of the wide receivers are are the culprit to why Andy and Pat have not been what we expect them to be. Because I'm having a hard time with Andy just handing the ball off to Pacheco eight times on Sunday and thinking that it's the receivers that are holding him back. But uh, but I'm just – because I, I, I don't lean as much that way, but I think a lot of people sum up a lot of – what is happening with this offense and why Andy and Pat don't look as good is because of the receivers. And I'm just having a hard time of getting there and just releasing them of their poor production. So let me start here. Yes. I do think you're underestimating the importance of the wide receivers and in all of this, that being said, that being said, I also think 
most other fans, like I'm somewhere in between where you're at and a lot of other fans were like, I think there's a lot of fans that are just saying it's all the receivers. It's only the receivers. They're the reason this offense is taking a step back. And I'm not there. And I'm also not where you're at, where it's more Andy Pat. I'm kind of somewhere in between where I'm willing to blame both, both sides. The chiefs have turned the ball over Ron at least once in eight of their nine games. They've turned it over multiple times in five of their last seven. Patrick Mahomes, has thrown eight interceptions or 18 interceptions. So 18, eight, intercept, eight interceptions in this stretch of games. Most of those are on him. Think back to what's gone wrong on those plays. Like a lot of it is either a well overthrown ball or one where he just like missed the underneath coverage, weird decisions that we haven't seen him make in the past. Now, some of that might be because of what Serta said earlier, where he's expecting a receiver to be in an area and that guy's not there. And now because either he broke too early or he cut a route a little short, whatever it is, it looks worse on Mahomes than it should. I absolutely believe there's something to that. A lot of the, it, though, is just Mahomes hasn't been making as good a decision so far this year as he has been like in the, the past. Like the first pick he had against Denver trying to get it in to Kelsey. And I but just, is that a fact? Is that a factor of the receivers? Sure. And, and I think back to the Jets game specifically, and oh, the Jets God, game no. was uh, that's on Pat. Like he he has to be better in, in those spots than Denver, what he was. The first Denver game, yeah, that pick. horrible, just horrible. And so I I do think a lot of this is on Patrick Mahomes not playing up to his own standards. Some of it though is a hundred percent on on the receivers. I do think you're underestimating how bad they have been so far this year. Their guys going to the wrong spots or lining up in the wrong spots, running the wrong route concepts, not seeing the right side adjustments. Like even the the play last week from Sky Moore where it should have been a touchdown, he he cut his route and he didn't get it to the right depth. Like all of these different types of things add up over time where Pat's throwing to a spot. And these guys aren't getting to those spots. So I, I think there's a lot that has gone wrong with the receivers as well. It's and, and I think that, yeah, Mahomes hasn't been great this year. I don't think Andy's been great at times, but I, I do think that all of that stuff is just being built up by how inefficient and ineffective the offense is at times and how the wide receivers are struggling because it's like, Mahomes is all, will have all day to throw, scan the field, scan the field, scan the field. Nobody's open, nobody's open, nobody's open. Gets rid of it. Do that five, six more times and a half or something, and he's getting frustrated. Then he gets to a point where he's like, nothing's happening. I got to go make a play. I got to get the offense going. If I can just get a, create a big play, we can get moving and, and things will start working better. And then he throws a terrible interception. And that's... That's something he had gotten better at, but we've seen him have these stretches before. I don't know if it's ever been as long as this one has, um, but I just think it, it it all plays into the fact that they're struggling to get open. And so even when they are getting open, he's overlooking guys because he doesn't trust that they're going to get to the football or he's making bad decisions because he's just forcing things. And he's frustrated. Ron, how do you think this compares to what the struggles that they had back in 21? Do you, do you remember that stretch where, the offense, this included the Tennessee game, which I think was the only one that's really comparable to what we just witnessed where they lost that one 27 to three. And then they had that Giants game, that miserable Packers game against uh, the non Aaron Rodgers led Packers. And then they had the Cowboys game where they scored 19 points, came out of the bye, boom, 22 against Denver. Like there was a bunch of turnovers that were happening there. That was the tipped pass year where everything seemed to hit the receivers in the hands and then would tip up and go the other direction. Like, 
How do you think this compares to those struggles? Because I think that's really the only other time where we've seen this kind of sustained struggles from a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Yeah, I think that one wasn't built around trust or lack thereof. Agreed. I think, and and I think it was more of a hold on. All right, let's let's take because I did think it took Andy a longer to adjust, uh, Andy and Eric longer to adjust than I would have thought it would have. Um, but though, but there was there was Kelsey, there was Hill, there was complete understanding there. It was just how do we move these parts to take advantage of what defenses are doing? It seemed to be more predicated to what defenses were doing to them. This seems to be more predicated on them, what they're doing to themselves. And and then it was always a matter of time of once they figure out the uh, 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 the answers to how they're going to attack things, then they were going to make big plays. And they it took them a few weeks to have those answers. This is more of themselves, uh, battling themselves. And I think that that's what makes that piece different. So uh, am I hearing this? Like the thought if, if Juju Smith-Schuster was on this team, that Andy and Pat would, would, would look much different. I don't last year's Juju, maybe not this year's Juju. Yeah, his knees have exploded. And so like <laughs> he he's done like Ju- Juju's going to be done playing. He's 26, here. man. He's it's oh, it's over. I, I would be he's surprised if he's in the league two years from now. Um, But I, I think Andy really needs this buy. Like, I, I think th- I think they really need this buy because that's where that's where he makes a lot of his adjustments. That's where they'll change personnel up and and commit to it instead of like, the stuff that we see right now where it's like, oh, we'll just play seven different wide receivers and they'll have different varying snaps every single week. Like I they they really need this buy to to adjust and kind of tweak things. But hopefully Andy's got a good game plan for this week because they got one more game. And and speaking of game plan for this week, like I, I honest to God think and who knows what Andy is putting together. Um because he may just go zig and just go completely the other way but when i look at this game in terms of offensive game plan to kind of help everything to me it feels like that the chiefs offensively should take a page out of the book of what everybody has tried to do to them for years the titans a tough matchup for them certain teams been a tough matchup for them and that is not necessarily just run the ball down their throats which I think they should run it, and, and Isaiah Pacheco should, should see more than eight carries in the game. Huh. But more of a ball control offense that minimizes the possessions for Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins offense. And actually, I think it's what they do and what they have been doing the last year and a half since they lost Tyreek Hill is – you don't see, and you you documented it, I believe, last week or the week before, how many big play touchdowns they've had since Tyreek has gone. It's not many. They don't have like two, like they. I think they had a drive like that against the Chargers that ended up in the MVS touchdown, where it was like a a two play drive or a three play drive, and it was real quick. That's that's an anomaly for the Chiefs here in the last year and a half. And I actually think the that this fits what they should be what they should be doing. We should see a lot of, like I think the Chiefs are in a good spot if we see a lot of 
seven to eight, 10 to 11 play drives to where they are getting first downs. It's, it's Kelsey here. It's Rasheed Rice here. It's Pacheco run here. It's a McKinnon screen here. It's a, and that it minimizes the amount of times that Tyreek Hill and company get on the field, just like teams used to try to do to the Chiefs all the time. It will be interesting to see how they approach it because really the only team that's had sustained success running against Miami this year was in week one when the Chargers just ran it down their throat from start to finish. They had more than 200 yards on the ground with their running backs, but since then, nobody's really run it very well. And some of that is because these teams are just getting so far behind early against the Dolphins that they have to just completely abandon the running game. But there have been some competitive games recently, like even the Eagles who played against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, they've obviously got a very good running game. They, they ran it okay against them, but a lot of their success came with Jalen Hurts. A lot of the success against this Dolphins defense so far this year has actually come with the designed quarterback running game. So I do wonder if that's something that maybe you see like 30, 40 yards on the ground from Patrick Mahomes in this one as he just extends plays on third downs especially. But I will be curious how much they want to get into that. The other thing is now that they've got Jalen Ramsey back, they've got a legitimate number one cornerback. I would guess they're going to try to use him at times on Travis Kelsey when he lines up in the slot. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll just be very curious to see kind of what the cat and mouse game is there of how they want to approach this. The Dolphins defense, I think, is better than probably what a lot of Chiefs fans would be expecting. Christian Wilkins in the middle is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Jalen Phillips has taken a big-time step as a pass rusher as well. David Long was a big-time addition for them, and we certainly know a lot about Bradley Chubb. I, I don't know that this is a game where you're going to be able to run all over them, but I think that they've got to at least have the threat of it in this game. So, like, 15 carries feels more than reasonable for Isaiah Pacheco. It's, I don't even think it has to be like running the football. I think no, it no. has to be sustained control. Yep. drives because like it, that that game, uh, like when the Dolphins played the Panthers a few weeks ago, like the Panthers were up 14 to nothing in that game and had two really long drives to start the game. And then blink of an eye, it's 28 to 14. Cause it was just like deep ball, deep ball, deep ball, long touchdown. Like, and they wound up blowing out the Panthers because it's the Panthers. But I, I think like what the Panthers did on those first two drives is like kind of what you're looking for. It doesn't have to just be running the football. It's just got to be long sustained drives where you're eating clock and keeping their offense off the field because they can score in, in the blink of an eye. It's got to be a big Travis Kelsey game, man. Like, because if you're going to do that, if you're going to play that way, yeah, the guy yeah. who does it is Kelsey. You don't have other receivers that you trust to consistently move the football that way. Um, you, you think that you can get some decent big plays from Rasheed Rice. Maybe McColl comes up with a couple of big ones in this one. But, I mean, if there's a guy that's going to consistently move the chains for you, it's got to be like a 12-catch, 120-yard type of performance out of Travis Kelsey in this one. He's got to be the guy that's able to carry you to the finish line. Yep. Like, in the first, like to me, in the, in the first quarter of the game against the Bills, like they came out, the Bills open up an eight play drive. Then in the second, and then they have a 10 play drive in the first quarter going into the second quarter. They minimize that sucker to three possessions into the second quarter with them and the Dolphins. And then them, like, like they had an eight and 10 play drive to kick it off. 
and they scored touchdowns on both those drives. Like that to me, it's what it has to be to sustain drives to get them to keep them off the field. Uh, because like you don't want like to me, to me, I, I like I don't I don't think the Chiefs need to get into a a shootout, like a high a high shootout. I don't I think that that helps the Dolphins and. To me, when your defense is fully rested and 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 not having to go back out there, I think this defense is 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 a special special thing. I know you, BK, are growing to be very annoyed with one thing that the Chiefs just continue to do that they gotta clean up this weekend, and that is, I mean, they had five they had five turnovers oh, God, man. against the Denver Broncos. This is why they lost. I mean, stop they, turning they, the damn ball over. <laughs> it's, I mean, so it's ridiculous, Ron. One of the biggest differences between the Chiefs this year and the Chiefs last year, because we've talked about a lot of them, and we will continue discussing them. Certainly, last year through the first eight games, they had nine turnovers. This year, they have sixteen turnovers so far. Twenty twenty one, that other season that we referenced earlier, where it was the the batted pass that ends up in an interception going the other direction. That year, they had nineteen turnovers in their first eight games of the season. 19 and 21, 16 this year. Before this in the Mahomes era, 9, 8, 7, 5 through the first eight games of the season. This is an outlier type of performance. And while 21, it, it was a lot of it was unlucky. It just had a real some really bad luck with the way that the balls were tipped. This isn't luck, man. They're, they're causing these turnovers they're themselves. <laughs> and if it doesn't stop, it's going to be the reason why they don't win the Super Bowl. Like they, they have to stop the madness and against a team like Miami if you turn the ball over man you're handing them seven points so it, it's got to get corrected in a game like this and against a team that has Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator that's what he's counting on he's counting on the notion that you will go out there and before you're able to have that 10 play drive you're going to make some kind of a mistake you'll get a holding call on your offensive line you'll have a receiver drop a pass. You'll turn the football over. Like that, he's counting on you making a mistake more than he's counting on his defense to win. This is the defense that originally in 2021 gave the Chiefs all the issues. It's the cover two defense where they're keeping the two deep safeties, keeping everything underneath, don't allow you to get anything deep. The Chiefs offense should be designed to beat it now, but yeah, they got to go out there and say, prove it. Yeah, they was going to say the Chiefs have been looking at getting up deep, uh, to be honest with you, and. And I don't know if they want to do that. So, I listen, I think the Chiefs actually, in a weird way, the way they've played is actually offensively the best strategy for them. they got to execute it, right? And, and they've got to – yeah, they've got to they've do this and minimize the possession of the game, right? This, this, this can't be high possession games. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When the Dolphins have the ball, uh, this is uh, arguably one of the most arguably the most explosive offense in football. But when they have played the two toughest opponents they've played, they've come up with 17 and 20 points. Um, And in those games, I think one key key denominator, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Common denominator. There you go. Common denominator. Yeah, what I say, key (laughs) denominator? Common denominator in that is, don't you take that out, sir? Do you keep that in? <laughs> One common denominator is like Tyreek didn't just go insane in those games. I mean, he gonna get his as he as he said he gonna get he gonna get some of his, but he didn't just go ape. And he is the been the best receiver in the game. He has been even better since he has been with the Miami Dolphins. This is much like we talked about in the Vikings game with Justin Jefferson. And I'm not expecting that they go do that to Justin Jefferson, but they just can't let this thing get away from them where this is one of those 12 catches, nine catches for 172 yards or 200 yards or do what he did, the number he did on the Chargers where he goes for two touchdowns. Like against Philly, he's 11 catches for 88 yards. And one touchdown, like it's eight yards uh, a catch, right? Like that, that is hey, he caught 11 balls, but you kept him in front of you. You didn't let him just go nuts or insane against the, the, the bills. They really did a number three for 58. Like you just got like, it starts there that he just doesn't kill you because it's, and listen, Chiefs fans understand the power of Tyreek is he is, and I think it was here. He was of of some sorts a symbol of what the Chiefs were about, their identity. And when that nut's going all over the place and he's around, like it, it sparked everything else. And I think when he's going crazy, it sparks Waddle, it sparks Tua, it sparks the running game, it sparks – like you just gotta keep him just good and not insane. Everything is predicated on Tyreek Hill down there. Everything because his speed opens up everything else. When he's getting over the top, now you have to have one of those safeties going back deep further. You have to go too too high shell. And when you're going too high shell, it opens up the running game where they've been highly successful this year with Raheem Mostert and previously with Devon A. Shane. You look at what Jalen Waddle's able to do underneath. That is created by the space that Tyreek Hill presents for them. He is their Steph Curry. He is the one that opens up the spacing for everybody else on the court to be able to make it all possible. And, Ron, you brought up the two losses. Against Philly, 11 for 88. Against Buffalo, 3 for 58. Let's not forget against the Patriots earlier this season, 5 for 40. What did those three games have in common? Well, they're the only three games this year where he's been held to a, with without a catch of 40 or more yards. They're the only three games this year. 
And they're the only three games this year in which the Dolphins have failed to score 30 or more points. So if you can keep him just the top over him in this game, you're going to have a really good chance to be able to beat the Miami Dolphins. The problem is, man, that is so much easier said than done because I think he is the single most explosive player that I have ever seen in the NFL. As of today, I would vote him for league MVP because of how great he has been and how down the quarterback play has been around the league. He is the guy that makes that offense go. And if you let him get over the top, he's going to have a field day against you. And he's going to be highly motivated in this one to have a field day against you. And, and Serta, I, I think my overall thought to go along with, with Tyreek, and I think it, it, it goes with everybody. Because as you know, Serta, they got some weapons, right? They got some dudes that can play off. Is, hey, man, they're going to make plays. And they're probably, like, the odds are, they're probably going to make some big plays. Like, Tyreek is probably going to have a, a chunk play or two. Waddle's probably going to have a chunk play or two. But it is, you just got to play through that and understand that's gonna, it's probably going to happen. Like, listen, I've, I'm impressed by the Chiefs' defense. But, I mean, this Dolphins' defense is their offense. They're probably going to get some plays. But you just cannot let it snowball and turn into something big and end up like the Denver Broncos. The next thing you know, you got 70 on your ass. Like, it, it can't just get – like, you talked about that game against the Panthers where it was 14 to nothing, and then the snowball started. And then they just ran through over and up and past the Panthers with a bunch of big plays. So I, I just think you got to understand that's going to happen, and you just got to play through it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's – it's how teams used to play the Chiefs. Like, yep. like, like yep. you just you just deal with it. You 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 take the forty yard gains as long as it's not eighty yard touchdowns. Like you're fine with that. That that that's all you're trying to do against this Dolphins offense. And the Chiefs already dodged a bullet by Devon Achan not being available in this game because he looked like he was another in another one. stratosphere before he got injured. But Raheem Mostert it has been really good this season. He's super explosive. He's a little banged up, but like that's that's it. It's if you limit the explosive run plays, if you limit Tyreek Hill, then you can slow down their offense because a lot of it, it is just predicated on on the run plays, setting up the the quick timing routes and then the deep shots down the field and all of that stuff. And it all works really well together. And that's why they've been so good. And then a lot of it is just about getting into his face because Tua is a great quarterback, but Tua is not the most athletic quarterback. Tua doesn't have the biggest arm. When you make Tua get outside the pocket and try to create, he doesn't generally have the biggest arm to push the football down the field and create things outside of the pocket and he becomes less accurate. But when he can hang back there and get and create all of those things, because we talk about like quick timing routes, the Dolphins are incredible at them. And what makes it so absurd is that they're so fast that they're not even like your traditional timing routes. Like it's it's 12 yards down the field, and you're like, hang on, that was a, a second and a half. Like, how does that work? That, that's not fair. Like, that's how explosive they are offensively. But if you create pressure on Tua and you can bottle up Tyreek Hill at least a little bit, like, yeah, if... Tyreek has 90 yards in this game. Great. You're fine with that. You don't want Tyreek to have oh, 180 I, yards. I'll push the button for 90 yards right now. 100%. Oh, God. I'd push it right now. I'd push it for 90 and a touchdown. If you, you simply me right? told me that he had zero receptions of 40 yards or more, I will take basically whatever yardage is that you tell me. <laughs> like, <laughs> just prevent the explosives. Yeah. Yeah, because it make it take a while and, and make that – 
uh, make that happen. By the way, you what you called though, sir. I think that's what this game is about. You got to hit Tua. Mm-hmm. You got to hit Tua and make Tua uncomfortable. You got to and. and and the Chiefs, their strength of their teams on that defense is that secondary, and now it is up front. They can they appear to be able to get pressure with four. They appear to be able to get pressure, and you know he's going to blitz. You know he's not going to keep seeing. It is you just can't let Tua get comfortable because when I watch highlights of Tua getting in, then I think Serta, you are right because their routes develop a lot quicker than anybody else's. So he's. Like he's not like just timing wise, not sit back there waiting for some of these big routes to develop long because they get down the field quickly. But you got to have him moving. You got to have him going. And I think the Chiefs have shown to be equipped to be able to do that. George Karloftis is going off and having a heck of a second season. Charles Amenahue has made a critical, obvious, can't miss impact right away in two games. And then there is the great one, 9-5 in there, Chris Jones, that I don't believe anybody can handle, especially one-on-one. This game, to me, is as much is as, like if you told me the most important piece of the game, some might say Patrick Mahomes, some might say Travis Kelsey, some might say Legereus Sneed or whatever. I think it is the Chiefs' front and the pressure they get. Tua threw the ball 45 times last week. If they throw the ball 45 times this week on the Chiefs, they ought to and they ought to light him up. Right. And, and it, it just the pressure is huge to me. That's the biggest part of the game. Here's the numbers that back up what you're saying there, Ron. When he's clean, when he doesn't get pressure, 77% completion percentage, 9.4 yards per attempt. He's averaging about 2.9 time to throw. If you get pressure on him, though, completion percentage, basically drops in half. 5.8 yards per attempt, which is one of the worst in the league. For context, that's essentially what you're getting out of Mac Jones when Mac Jones is pressured. And he has thrown two touchdowns and two interceptions when he's pressured. It almost never happens. He gets pressured as rarely as any quarterback that is a starter in the NFL. It's like 20% of his dropbacks so far this year. In fact, the only guy that's been pressured at a lower rate so far this year as Brian Hoyer, he's had 250 fewer dropbacks. So of the starters, he's the least pressured quarterback in the league so far this year because of how quickly he gets rid of it. But if you're able to get to him, it is something that completely changes what they're capable of doing offensively. So you got to win and you got to win quick. And that's where Chris Jones comes in. What's your thoughts about blitzing? No, like a lot, like a lot of blitzing. Because no. you know, Spags likes to. What's your thought no. about it? Don't do it. Fresh. Don't do it. Don't do it. He gets rid of the ball so fast that it's not even you worth it. All it you're up. doing is vacating an area. That's all you're doing if you're blitzing against yeah. this team. I think he Spags is going to do it because he's Spags. He, he's going to. I, I was going to say. I don't think they should. He he's for sure going to do it. But the Chiefs have the talent to put pressure. That was the biggest deciding factor in the Eagles game against the Dolphins and the Bills game against the Dolphins. They generated all kinds of pressure on Tua and made him uncomfortable the entire game. Like that that's simply what you have to do. Spags, you don't got to overcomplicate it, but I'm sure he will cuz he's Spags. And oh man, you got to you can't give him the same look. You got to give him some different looks. I just want to move him. 
I just like even if I, a blitz. I, just if Willie Gay's, I just don't want to see Jack Cochran out there. All right, because if Willie Gay's banged up in this game, we might see a lot of Jack. Oh, Cochran it, on the field. The, this team ain't go. I mean, it's not like the Dolphins are out there going with their big personnel. You're gonna have two linebackers on the field like the entire game. So. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm think. I'm thinking Justin Reed, a little bit of Justin Reed, little Brian Cook, a little little McDuffie on some of these corner blitzes that he's been liking to do lately. Um. Yeah, I, I think you got to at least mix it up. By the way, Willie Gay, and we know Nick's out of this game. Uh, Willie Gay, what what is what's the latest? Is he is is he going to play in this game? Is there it's, at least a chance still? He he's up in the air, um, but he did travel with the team. They're traveling on Thursday night, so it, it that's a good sign that they at least think that there's a chance he could play. He logged two limited practices before they traveled to Germany. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has already been ruled out of the contest. So Damn. It, it feels optimistic that he at least got some limited practices in. But early in the week, they were kind of talking like he might miss time or something. Yeah. So it's up in the air still, but hopefully he manages to play. They they really they, – like they could really use him. <laughs> like like to me – athleticism for well, sure. I would feel really good about him and Drew Tranquil. As the, you said, two linebackers, I would feel a really great about those two guys being out there. It's like I would feel a lot better about things. It, it, it's a key thing for them to have Willie Gay in this game. If there's another guy that you're going to see, I would imagine it will be Leo Chanel. And Leo Chanel has a lot of things oh. he's really good at. Moving sideline to sideline is probably not the thing you want him doing a ton of. And that is the thing that the Dolphins will take advantage of because their running game is just, it's like a triple option team, Ron. Like they've got Tyreek running one way and they've got uh, Tua running another way. And then boom, coming underneath, suddenly it's Raheem Mostert who's taking it going in the other direction. It's just, there's so many different things that are happening in front of you. Your eyes have to be very technically strong. And Leo Chanel has to be a guy that is not trying to chase I, like a big time play behind the line of scrimmage. I, I'd, I'd feel much more comfortable if, if it were, they bring another safety on the field. It's I want, I think this could be an is opportunity Dan somewhere? For, for Brian cook to make an impact. Like, is, can we get our hands on Dan Sorensen? Is he in Germany? No. <laughs> no, I think he, he signed with the saints. I think a while back, he might still be able to say it's roster. Uh, I don't know. I think Brian Cook, be, who Brian cook hasn't been great in coverage this year. Mike Edwards has been better in that regard, but like playing in the box and laying hits, that's like Brian cook's thing. And like him flying around going sideline to sideline. Like that's what he's pretty. That good might be, at. have to be, that, that may be it. If Willie gay and ready to go, I, I hope, I hope Willie gay is ready to go. All right, sir, man, go ahead and hit me uh, with my music. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. As you always do. Um, The game that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. This game, certified or imposter, if you don't know the rules of it, give a statement. You say that's certified or it's an imposter. This game means more, much more to the Dolphins than it does to the Chiefs. Man, most seasons I would have said that's certified. I don't think that's certified. I think if you're looking really? at where the I, if you're looking at where the Chiefs are at right now with the questions that are surrounding their offense, specifically at wide receiver and the guy that is on the other sideline that they had. And by the way, I don't want to hear about this, but it's going to happen no matter what. Yes, the Chiefs ended up being fine. They won a Super Bowl, so the the trade was worth it. But 
That's going to be something that ends up coming up this week, next week, et cetera. The Chiefs really need a win going into this bye, man. I mentioned the schedule that's coming up. It is not easy down the stretch. You've got Philly remaining. You've got Buffalo remaining. You've got Cincy remaining. We know that the Chargers always play the Chiefs tight. That's on the road, technically. I think the Chiefs need this one, man. And going over to Germany to play this game when it should have been a home game absolutely sucks. I saw MVS said that earlier this week. 100% agree with him. I understand why they're doing it, but it it absolutely will have an effect on the game. And I'm nervous as hell that the Chiefs didn't leave until Thursday and the Dolphins left on Monday. I hate that. But yeah, to answer the question, I think the Chiefs need it more. Yeah, I think it's certified too because, I mean, coming off of that loss, obviously, like, putting up nine points against that Denver Broncos team that this Miami Dolphins team put 70 on. (laughs) Like, I I think they're already upset. The Chiefs are already upset with their performance from last week. I think Patrick Mahomes made that pretty clear when he spoke to the media this week. Like, he he was very upset with how he played and the fact that they didn't even find the end zone. But I agree with BK. I think a lot of it, too, is the Tyreek stuff because – you know, we, these players, when they get asked about that stuff, they're, they're always just like, oh, you know, it's just Tyreek. Like he just likes to have fun. He likes to, you know, say stuff or whatever. But I think quietly, they probably take a lot of the things that Tyreek has said personally, because Tyreek has gone out of his way to like talk about how the Dolphins are like this incredible organization. I think he even said he'd like wanted to retire as a Dolphin or something. And, you know, all the things he said about Tua compared to Patrick Mahomes, like, that's stuff that like Patrick Mahomes, we talk about like him and like MJ, that's stuff that like the psychos remember and that they will hold against you for a long time. And I think so, some of that too, in the conversation of like, Oh, imagine if this team still had Tyree kill. Like I, I think that stuff upsets the chiefs, like because of what BK said, where they're like, we won a Super Bowl last year. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We we still were the best team in all of football without him last season. Like, what what do we have to prove without him? Yeah, I I, I can't believe I'm saying imposter that this game means more to the Dolphins than it does to the Chiefs, but it is, and it isn't for <laughs> what technically you would think is the right reasons. I don't think it has. I don't think that the Chiefs care about this game more than they normally would. Because they lost last week. I don't think that's it. I don't. I don't think that's it. I don't think it's because, hey, you win this game and you get a strangle or you get it in good position to be the number one seed in the AFC. I don't even think that's it. I think it all has to do with 10. Every piece, a bit of it is about Tyreek Hill. All of it. As you said, he said Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. He straight faced said that. Like I mean, he he said that. Like he said, hell, as early as as when they arrived in Germany when he met with the media this week, saying that hey, they're gonna get this work. Which, by the way, they probably will. But that they're gonna get this work. But to them in there, like it is all about him. Are we gonna shut them up because? There have been many a times where they've lost a game or they've been they've played in a big game, and I've come right here on this very podcast and said, "Ooh, I think the Chiefs are wanting to send a message," and they don't give a damn about that. They're just gonna just try to win however they got to win and keep on going. They send messages in the games that really matter. But I think this this Tyreek thing here, I don't know what the, whatever it was when Mahomes started counting that one time the, the touchdowns or whatever. 
I feel like I feel like he's in that mode. And you know who else I feel like is annoyed? Old Kelsey, who oh oh it was it was Tyreek. It was Tyreek. I think Kelsey's annoyed. Like you could like I think you might see this team playing at their complete A game way, especially offensively. And that's the other part is oh Tyreek went over there and look that's that's an explosive offense. Hold up, Jack. We're the Chiefs. Like I, I think I think all of that. Stuff the stuff that shouldn't really matter to get you going, like not that not that they want to tone for their their horrible loss last week, or they want to make sure they're in the driver's seat in the AFC. Nope, it's about ten, and proving that they are the better that, that that they are fine without them, and that they're the better offense, and that no, I guess our Super Bowl wasn't enough. We'll prove it this way. All right, predictions. What you got, Serta, in this game? I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. I think it is going to be a high score. You, didn't, you didn't know this was coming. Today. I think what the hell, man? I really think the Chiefs are going to show up and, and give it everything that they have defensively and offensively based on just everything that we've talked about. I think that the defensive line really matches up well with their offensive line. I think they're going to be able to generate pressure on Tua. So I, I think it's still going to be a fairly high scoring game, but I'll take the Chiefs 31, Dolphins 24. Don't bet on these games. Never bet on any of the the games that are played over in Europe. That's that's my first piece of recommendation. But if you do, of course, follow what Serta told you earlier. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win this one. I think they do so 31 to 23. I just need to see the Chiefs offense get going before I can take them in a spot like this where they are going up against an explosive offense. So uh, I'll take the Dolphins to win by one score. All right. Um, I was fully prepared. Like when I saw the schedule and we started getting down here, I was fully prepared to pick the Dolphins in this game, like two, three weeks ago. And then they had that debacle in Denver. And now I've kind of changed my thought and tune. And I think the group that is not being talked about the most maybe the best group on the field. We talk about Mahomes. We talk about Kelsey. We talk about Reed. We talk about this explosive Dolphins defense. But the best unit on the field may be the Chiefs defense. And nobody is really, like like many people are, you're going to have to score big to win this game. Like, okay, I hear Stephen A. They're going to have to put 30 on them. Like, they're going to put 30 on them. Okay, and I think that group is the group that is quietly waiting for this, quietly waiting for. See, I don't think that Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed generally don't generally don't have a lot to prove. I don't think they really give a rip. This defense has never played in that fashion this year. This defense, every game out, has tried to punish and strangle teams all year they gave up 24 kinda because the chiefs offense and special teams told them to go to hell throughout the day but they still turned them over stopped them on downs and every single team they have strangled and cut off and i i think the chiefs defense is going to is going to be i think we we potentially leave and say damn we just didn't talk about the Chiefs defense enough. And I don't mean us. 
I mean, that's what the narrative is going to potentially be, is the Chiefs defense just shut down the Dolphins in a way we didn't think the Chiefs defense would. So I think in this game, I'll go with the Chiefs, and I don't think it's as high scoring because I don't think there's going to be that many possessions uh, in this game. I think the Chiefs win in this game 24-20. I got them 24-20 in this game. Close one, 24-20. Did you say it that many times? I don't know why I said it that many times. I'm really going to give it for emphasis. You just said it like four times in a row. (laughs) I got the Chiefs winning this game 24-20. That's just how I feel right now. 24-20. Chiefs win against the Dolphins. This will be fun. (laughs) Hey, the Chiefs offense look bad. Y'all going to be worried? We coming back in here a little worried? No. No. Same amount of worry that I have right now. They got they got the buy and they got the Eagles immediately after the buy, so I think they'll be fine. There's going to be concern, don't get me wrong, but I don't think the level of concern will change significantly this week. That they've got eight weeks to figure this thing out before we get to the playoffs when it really matters. And if they're if they're still looking this way six weeks from now, like early December, then I'm going to be legitimately concerned. Yeah, man, can they hurry up and get these Raiders? God, oh, when they get them, we get them on the schedule. Get these damn. <laughs> The damn Aiden O'Connells. Let's get them in here. All right, we are out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.